Datology Coach Podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hey. Hi. How have you been? How was this week? Oh, big fine. week. <laughs> it, it was a busy week. Yeah, it was. It sure was. Many boy, executive oh orders. Many, many. I mean, he hit the fucking ground running, didn't he? He did. See, what I like about him is he keeps his nose to the ground. He doesn't get dragged down into the drama. Uh, so far, no. So far. And I there mean, has been drama. Did you see all that with the National Guard sleeping in a parking garage? <laughs> see all that? Yeah. there. Ha- and I just, I can appreciate that he's very... He's very down home. He's very blue collar who just happened to work his way up. And I don't know. I'm happy. It just feels good. I think we all enjoy the uh, footage of him holding his grandson because Donald would never. Donald would never. (laughs) He would never express human emotions. No. You know what I loved were all the memes that came out after uh, everybody saw Michelle Obama. Oh, my God. That outfit. That outfit was phenomenal. But what I loved is on Twitter, everyone's like talking, oh, she's a queen and she slays. And oh, that, there's her plus one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and she brought a friend. Yeah. <laughs> she did. And he looked all right, too. Yeah, he looked, he looked pretty good. Was that yeah. was when you compare it, especially to the previous <laughs> inauguration, mm-hmm. where she looked so, she just did not look happy at that last inauguration. And no this one, one did. She, nobody did. <laughs> Even she the just, sky was weeping. Yeah. <laughs> And she just bust out, oh my God, with the belt. And see, I love, I love red. I love that color. I loved that it was like different shades and it, oh my God. But I also loved how coordinated everybody seemed. Yeah. 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 You know, it it was great. It was great. So it was a, it was a great thing to watch. Yay for us. Onward and upward. So now let's talk about uh, some, some, Things that came up on my TikTok from a few posts. Great. You know, last week we talked about the fish pics and how we both felt that the, that the disdain for those pictures was rooted in in classism. Yes, that's correct. I still feel that way. <laughs> I still feel that way as well. So I, I created a, a TikTok about that. And mm-hmm. let's just say there was a lot hot. The people had feelings. Yeah, a few people I, I saw were like, oh, yeah, that's probably true. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Or at least like, oh, that's interesting. I'll have to think about that. But the vast majority of responders were doing mental gymnastics to justify absolutely <laughs> why they don't want to see that. Right. And like and uh, I can kind of understand, hey, I don't like the idea that they're holding up something dead. I don't love that either. Like and and also I'll just say like I would also find fish picks a turnoff, but I'm willing to admit why. Right. So. <laughs> right. It, There's like that. The amount. But but the what the real gymnastics came in when I did a post about how women, because a, a big complaint that was coming up, there was something went viral about what are things in men's dating profiles that you don't like. Mm-hmm. And so the women were all commenting on my page saying, oh, you know, that line that men use. Oh, I'm 6'2". Because apparently that matters. And I said, I think women don't like that line because a lot of women came up, came 
used that, you, like wrote that as a comment, like as the thing that bothers them. And not, and the, said, not the 6-2 part, but the because that matters snark. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think women don't like it because they're being called out. Of course. Well, they didn't like being called out on the fish picks either. <laughs> right. Like they didn't, they don't like men calling them out on this. No. And look, I would even say that's fair. It's still mm-hmm. harder to be a woman than to be a man mm-hmm. in general. So like, mm-hmm. fine. Like you're, I, I again, I'm not saying don't have a preference for tall men <laughs> or right. don't have a preference for the absence of fish picks. Right. But let's identify what it is. <laughs> right. Like let's, I, I don't, if you want to have a preference, have a preference, but don't say to me, and this, this is something that was actually said in the comments. Well, I'm a dancer and I want to date someone that is my height. And I thought she meant dancer as in a profession. Right. Cause that would be reasonable. Because that would be somewhat reasonable. Uh-huh. And I said, what is that? What does being a dancer have to do with your relationship? Thinking she was talking about her profession. Right. And she, Well, actually, that's not even reasonable, is it? It's not reasonable. No. It's still stupid. Right. But, and, al- but also when someone identifies themselves as, I am an insert hobby, that implies that that's your profession. So Yes. Yeah. So I said, you know, what does one have to do with the other? And this woman right. comes into the comments and she's like, you know, I would think as a dating coach, you would be more supportive of, you know, uh, of what people's preferences are. Mm-hmm. And I said, my job is to identify things that are holding people back. Right. And somebody who insists on dating somebody tall because she occasionally partakes in an activity. <laughs> Right. That's something holding her back. And so this woman jumps into the comments. She says, it's not something I do occasionally. I do it three to four nights a week. And I said, so on top of, not not only does he have to be tall, but he has to have the schedule where he can go out dancing with you four nights a week. Stop. But also he has to be not taking COVID seriously because, (laughs) no, you don't. Where? Bitch, where? Where are you doing this dancing three nights a week? <laughs> well, maybe well, you live in Florida. In that case, you probably say, are. Right. It, but just call it what it is. Yeah. You're too embarrassed to be dating somebody shorter than you. Well, you know, men's height is like a, really a status symbol. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I don't know how it got this way, but it really is. Yes. And it benefits men and women both, right? Like, haven't numerous studies show that um, promotions are correlated with height for men? And similarly, respect of peers (laughs) and warm regard are also correlated with height in men? Yes. So, I mean, it it makes sense that that translates outside of the workplace as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you're, I mean, you know, like it or not, women are allowed to work now. So <laughs> you go you go to work and see like, oh, the, the tall dudes are getting promoted. Like that's a really subtle thing that's going to seep in to your consciousness and you're going to eventually equate it with a preference because it's equated with status and success. Yes. But that's similar to body type. For sure. You know, but but, <laughs> but with again, body we type, would never tell men like, you know, don't 
don't not have that preference, but understand that that preference may be limiting you depending on what you are bringing into this into this situation. But also understand where these preferences come from. Well, yes, that would because be Because <laughs> it wasn't always like this that men, many men preferred conventionally thin or slender women. In fact, it was quite the opposite. Yeah. I, well, don't you think that's, um, this is kind of all the same thing? The, the tiny women and the tall dudes, don't you think it's about like reinforcing their masculinity? Which part? Both of them. <laughs> it's all related. Like It's just, uh, yes, yes. It's all related. And these are all preferences born of mess- external messaging. Right. And I, like, I don't care if you have a preference, but really examine where yeah. that preference came from. Because it's not just, it's not just something that happened. This is something that you, that was sort of programmed into you. Yeah as you matured yes as you looked around and yeah just just stop just stop the, the fish thing it's about classism you just think it's low class you just don't think there's no exactly exactly <laughs> because as i as i texted you later <laughs> if they saw a different boat in those pictures the mm-hmm. response wouldn't be oh well i'm just not outdoorsy <laughs> i see you i see what you're doing it's about class Right. Absolutely. And and disdain for rural America, which by the way, a lot of people have. It's not yes. I'm not saying it's like okay to feel that disdain, but again, I think we should acknowledge it because if we don't acknowledge it, it's never going to be fixed. Mhm. So yep. Same I mean same with tall dudes. Like I'll admit, I prefer taller dudes to shorter mm-hmm. ones, but mm-hmm. like I'm a really short person, and that's not fair of me. Right. And I really don't like the other rationalization I was hearing. Well, women's bodies are picked apart all the time. It's like, yeah, and we hate it. So what's your point? Yeah. You know, you can't use the reverse, like, you can't, no, (laughs) no. I, I just, it's like, there's just no logic in what they're saying, oh, I don't like when they hold up a dead animal, you know. I don't like people who hunt animals for sport. Yeah. Okay, so then you're okay with people who uh, kill animals for, for food. You know, we don't have to eat meat. We could survive on plants. That's a choice. Well, is that, so you're the, okay- are you, is that the same? You think that's the same conversation as, like, you're okay with eating meat in general? Because I, I think a lot of us are so far removed from our food supply that we don't think of them as the same. Uh, like, you mean? I guess what I'm saying is like, I, I think it's a separate um, conversation about like, are you okay with men who hunt for food versus are you okay with men who eat meat? No, I'm saying, are you okay with men who hunt for sport? You're not okay with men who hunt for sport, but you are okay with animals being murdered so that you can eat yeah okay like that which is it like if you you can't uh, to me it's well, the I guess same I'm thing i'm just adding in like a third i'm just adding a third dimension <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> to me it's the same thing like look i'm gonna fully admit it, i'm a carnivore but i would never date a man who was a hunter never right 
because I, I am rationalizing, oh, it's okay to kill them so that I can survive, mm-hmm. but not for sport. Okay. So it's it's either it's well, okay yeah, to and- kill them or it isn't. Right. <laughs> well, except I, I mean, I don't think it is that that simple. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, I guess, maybe why I added in that third dimension. But I guess all I'm saying is, ultimately, this this is part of a larger conversation about hypocrisy surrounding, like, you know, many of us eat meat, but we don't necessarily want to, you know, see how the sausage is made. Right. So, yeah. anyway, a lot yeah. of our preferences are hypocritical. <laughs> right. Just remember that. A lot of our preferences are hypocritical. Yeah. And at the very least... Instead of doing the mental gymnastics, admit that you w- don't want to date men who hold up fish in their photos because you're a snob, and you won't date men who are short because you're a snob. Well, not only that, but I think that we should start appreciating men who hold up fish in photos because I think that does give us useful information. So at least they're not wasting our time. I think look if you're if you are a uh like a a vegetarian I don't know which I confuse vegetarian and vegan but you know if you're someone who doesn't eat anything with a face right and you like that's great information okay okay that's not good that's not for me because that's a, like a moral choice he's catching fish he's killing it that's a like that's a moral choice that's a that's a core value yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm saying it gives us useful information in terms of classism as well, right? Like, if you're, if we're really going to lean into these classist impulses, we can, we can also go ahead and say, like, oh, can't like camo gear and holding up fish and uh, being on a boat that's not a yacht. That all gives us useful information, right? So, if you're, if you're really going to lean into classism and disdain for rural America, at least. <laughs> Have the courtesy to appreciate that you can now eliminate these men as possibilities because they've already given you that information with which to yes. do so. And also know that a lot of men are now including those photos in their profile. Oh, as a test? As a test. <laughs> and it's so funny because women really think that men don't have similar tests. Like I, was re- I got a DM from somebody on TikTok and she said, I wanted to know what you thought about this. I have four or five pictures on my profile, but there's one that's kind of sexy that I intentionally posted so that if a guy like favorited that one, then I know they're just looking for sex. And I'm like, okay, wow. Okay, no. No, <laughs> what you do you, don't. No, what are you doing? <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know that. Honey, if you post a thirst trap, people, guys are going to think, oh, she wants to be told she's hot. Okay, favorite it. Does that just – what? Yeah, it's so tiring. <laughs> but that fish pick, the reason why you're seeing it more and more and more, guys are posting them ironically. Men are trolling us? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Huh. I think a lot of guys are just trolling you to like piss you off, but also to keep you away from them. Hmm. They don't want to date someone who like. Well, that's what I mean. Like that's that's at least useful. So instead of complaining about seeing it, let's appreciate seeing it. <laughs> right. You know, and when you when women put stuff in their profile like uh you know, height matters, 
or I like, you know, five, seven, I like to wear heels. Like these women were all acting and it's probably because they don't see women's profiles. And I do. (laughs) They don't see all the stuff women say. And so one point I made is um, height for men or uh, a a bias against short men Mm -hmm. is, is two men, all men, even men who are taller uh, are that is there's a an, they're e- that's equal to how women feel about men who say things like I'm looking for somebody petite I'm looking mm-hmm. for somebody like that's an automatic no we take offense to that I, I don't if you if you objectify us that way or if you like no like the height bias is to men what the weight bias is to women. Right. And it's really ruling a lot of people out unnecessarily Mm -hmm. because like with the petite thing, like a lot of women who are petite don't wouldn't dare consider themselves petite. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So if they see that, they'll be like, oh, I'm probably not petite enough. Right. So just admit you're a bunch of hypocrites. (laughs) Really? Isn't isn't all of this kind of akin to someone putting in their profile like "Mm, I just prefer white people? It is. <laughs> yes. Which is gross. Gross. <laughs> and I mean, really, at at the end of all this, what we're talking about is like... Prejudice. Uh, well, prejudice and also people's bodies and uh, it, like criteria, bodily criteria that they cannot control. Mm-hmm. So... It's bad. It's That's not all great. We need. It's not great. <laughs> okay. Moving on. So letters, we get letters, Sarah. We do got a lot i sent you a, a word document of 30 letters yeah we're not going through all 30 now no but it's a good collaboration tool <laughs> it certainly is so we are starting where are we starting sarah we're going to start with uh what we've labeled as letter three okay do you want me to read it sure okay i'll try to keep this brief the letter begins guy slid into my dms in january In March, we started quarantine Zoom dates and regular texting and a lot of sexting and nudes. We live 90 miles away from each other, not insurmountable, made soft plans to meet, but he'd go unresponsive around the weekends uh, that we were talking about meeting. And so around 4th of July, I broke it off. In December, we resumed chatting, but only in Instagram DMs. He said his dad died in the summer, and that's why he was flaky. Same situation, though, this time. He said he wants to meet up in three weekends, but has basically now gone quiet. I DM'd him after he apologized for going quiet this time and said, no big deal, but moving forward, I'd appreciate you not going silent. If you want to move forward, why don't you text me and tell me what you think? He read the DM and then never texted. So he has a girlfriend, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Do you not agree? Uh, I think he either has a girlfriend or you're just not at the top of uh, the list of possibilities. I'll tell you why I think he has a girlfriend because he's three weekends keeping... from now. <laughs> the three weekends from now, but it's the where he's almost. Let's see, he's almost exclusively. I DM'd him. I, I, it's all DMs. Why aren't you communicating on your real phones? Why are you mm. keeping this to social media? And my guess is this is an mm. account that. His wife or girlfriend doesn't know he has. Also, he's unresponsive on weekends. Right. That's like the big, 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 big. Yeah, that's the big sign. If they don't, um, if they 
never text you until like later at night. If they don't, if they don't, if there's no contact after say 7 PM, because that's when they get home from work and they're with their partner. If they don't, if you don't see them or text them or talk to them on the weekends and getting together on the weekends is like a rarity. Yeah. If they stick to these uh, social media apps like WhatsApp or Snapchat or any of these or mm-hmm. Instagram, these are all signs this person is cheating. Mm-hmm. I I disagree a little bit about the, the time thing. I mean, depending on someone's job, like they really might not ever be free before – 9 or 10 p.m. But in most, you know, most most people are not working that kind of job, especially yeah. now that we're all um, working from home if we can. Right. But the weekends are like the big indicator to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because most people he, will take at least a Saturday. But you know what else really is the dead giveaway? 90 is, miles? Well, yeah. Again, ask yourself, why does someone have to expand their search that far? Hmm. Hello, critical thinking. Ask yourself this. Why is somebody expanding their search that far? Because it would take, if to drive, it would take almost two hours. Right. Yeah. Um, Well, we don't, I don't know anyway what part of the country this is from. So depending Mm -hmm. on where you live, 90 miles might not be crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's crazy for New York because it's very population dense. But, you know, depending on where you live, hmm. May may okay. or may not be an indicator. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But the other thing is, it's the sexting and the nudes, right? I cannot, I cannot, 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 cannot stress enough to women. I would never send nudes to a guy I've never met. I mean, I I wouldn't either. <laughs> um. And if you do, please, for the love of God, make sure your face isn't in it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I feel like we're going to now get a lot of responses that, that are like, oh, this is shaming. just how it is now, which is maybe true. But again, don't, yeah, don't put your face in it. Yeah. Because if you haven't met this person and they keep putting you off, it's very, very, very likely whoever you're talking to could be catfishing you. Well, that's true too. Yeah. So you want to make sure... You just want to know that whoever is on the other side getting those photos and just please realize people, when you send strangers your pictures, you could be talking to a scammer. I hear these stories all the time and, oh, I'm sending pictures and I'm doing this. They're taking those pictures and they're creating identities. That's why Mm, scammers ask for more pictures. Right. Using those photos to create identities to scam people. So... Yeah, my answer is this guy's either a catfish or he's already in a relationship. He's not single. There you go. There you go. Uh, Okay, letter four. Oh, God, I got the long one. (laughs) (laughs) Is closure always needed or will it make things worse? I started dating a widower in October. I should start by saying he canceled our very first date and I kindly called him out on it and asked, if it was his nerves. He said yes, he was sorry, and asked if we could reschedule. He has two teenage boys, which keep him busy, and I understand. I understood that going in. About a month in, he was having problems sleeping and canceled another date. 
He went to the doctor for known migraines and also revealed to me that he was diagnosed with depression after the passing of his wife and he is on meds. He would always reference the future. He would say things like how he wants to meet my brother, would like to go away for a weekend soon and how he is renting a house in the summer and I can help pick it out. We went on a few dates in October, which involved going out to eat. After those dates early on, the other dates were always me going by his house for dinner or just to watch a movie. He introduced me to his boys as a friend. I usually agreed to go by his house, uh, go to go by his house because of the boys and scheduling with the one son's bask. I don't. This makes no sense. Basketball practice and limited options with COVID. One night before Christmas, he fell asleep when we were supposed to have plans. He later asked if I could still come over, and I did. He told me he was glad that I didn't give up on him at the beginning. We didn't see each other on Christmas, but I went by his place that weekend. I did give him a gift, cologne, and a Yeti can holder. He gave me a candle. We did not see each other for New Year's Eve. We both spent it with our families. His boys and his family do not know that he is dating seriously. He told me the holidays were still difficult for him. He lost his wife two years ago. I found myself always making excuses because of his wife and COVID and gave him the benefit of the doubt. I knew it would be difficult dating a widower when I was the first serious relationship he was going to be in. I told myself I would give it a month after the holidays to see if his actions would match his words. Well, it didn't take long. His boys ended up having to quarantine because a friend tested positive. He told me he felt stressed, depressed, and unsettled. He started to distance himself by text. He was taking longer to text back or not texting for a day or two. He said, maybe we can get together on the weekend and didn't text back for two days. We never got together that weekend. I was confused and told him that I felt a disconnect. We have been dating for three months and we weren't connecting like we did. I was homesick from work one day, which he knew nothing about because he was MIA. I also no longer knew what was going on with him on a daily basis. Anyway, his response was that he was sorry for distancing and that he has a lot going on mentally and is a mess right now. I told him he doesn't need to apologize for how he is feeling. I am taking his response as he is not ready to date and doesn't know how to call it off. I feel like I was strung along. I wish he could have called it off sooner. I am not mad at him so much as I am disappointed in myself for making excuses and trusting his word over his actions. Why do I feel it necessary to get closure? We haven't spoken or texted since that day. I do feel bad because I know he is depressed as well. I typed up a long text but never sent it. I wanted to call him many times but figure he wouldn't pick up if he is distancing and depressed. How do I get past this without having to get closure? It's It's actually making me lose sleep because I overanalyze and question things that I made excuses for and wondering if I should have called things off sooner. I I know I need to move on and he is not the person for me, but I feel mentally stuck with it ending how it did. Should I call him? No. No. (laughs) No. Unfortunately. Yeah. This, this guy, to use her words, this guy really, he's going through it. He's not in yeah, a place. He's got a lot going on. He's not in a place no. to take on a new relationship. He's still grieving. You know, he's still sort of getting, um, learning how to navigate his depression because that takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, yeah, he's just not ready. But see, yeah, she's wondering, she wants the closure. In my mind, the issue here isn't lack of closure. It's that you are way over-invested in this man who who has very little to offer you right now because he's just not – he can't have the kind of relationship 
that you try to start with them. Yeah. You know what really irritates me, though, is when, you know, a woman comes to a man or a man comes to a woman, whatever whatever it is, or a woman goes okay. to a woman or a man goes to a man, and okay. one person says, I feel like something has changed, something's going on, like what's going on, and the other person insists no, no, like everything's fine. That, but then they launch into this. I just have so much going on. Like they're hinting, they're begging for the other person to initiate the breakup because yes. they don't have the balls to do it. Yeah, I think that's true. And but I also think like I'm gonna give this guy a pass. I'm gonna give this that. guy like, a pass too. He's good. Yeah, he's it, he's not being malicious and like trying to lead you on. I think he. I think he wants to be in a serious relationship. Yes. He just can't be. He just can't be right now. You know, uh, I'm trying to think something I want to get into. Uh, you have to, like, the fact that he's not telling anybody he's in a serious relationship, he's keeping that from his kids for a reason because he's worried about his kids. He's worried how right. his kids are going to handle knowing that he's dating. If this is a very, it's a very, um, you have to be really tentative with it. It can really shake things up. I can remember when my father told us that he was dating mm -hmm. and my older sisters were not happy about it. I was going to say two years is not, I mean, it's, it's really not. My dad started dating less than a, a, less than a year after my mother died. Well, that's not a lot of time either. No. Um, no. But when you, in, I mean, in both cases, like you're talking about two people who, who spent more than a decade together, built a life together had children together. Mm. I mean, two years yeah. is a drop in the bucket yeah. to them. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, but also like, it's, it's not our business how long grieving takes, right? right? It we, takes how long it takes. We don't get to gatekeep that. Right. And, and it's never over. It's, it really is <laughs> never over. It so really is. You can, yeah, no, I mean, I think we overlook that a lot, mm -hmm. but like, it's never over. So, you can get to a place where you're functional, where you're ready to have a relationship and all of that. But like, A, he's not. And B, <laughs> grieving never ends. So yeah, yeah. This, this guy just can't give you what you need. And so, I mean, just, I guess, A, don't call him. <laughs> yeah. Because he's already going through a lot. Like, and B, and, and perhaps most importantly, for our purposes, you're going to have less closure if you call him than if you just let this fizzle out yes. and move on. Yeah. The, the more you invest in this, the more invested, obviously, you're going to become. You th we all think, well, I just need a conversation. I just need to talk to them. But when inevitably, inevitably ends up happening, more questions arise. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's why. <laughs> more questions arise from this. So... Yeah, you you really just have to wean yourself off this guy, give him a break, and try to understand, like where like he's just he's not in a good place, no. and he has to think of his kids, and this is just, you know, do I do I think he strung her along? Yeah, I do, I do to some degree. Like, let's be honest. Like, what was going on here? He was using her for sex. Could be. That's, yeah. that's the I mean, I, I kind of, um, 
I guess I'm being generous in my interpretation um, in assuming that he wanted, that he thought he wanted a relationship and thought he was ready. And then once it started, then he began to backpedal. That might not be the case. <laughs> Maybe he was just using her for sex. Um, but in any case, he's not going to give you a satisfactory response to any attempt to call him out, gain closure, whatever. Yeah, He's just not. Yeah, the best thing to do is to just, like, go no contact. And I understand that desire to work it through in your head. But I think you need to come to a place where you have to accept. I One, you can always give yourself closure. That's always, that's, Dorothy, say, you've yeah, always had the power out. all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, I was, I was going to say working it out in your own head is the closure. Mm-hmm. And... That could take as long as you want it to take. Right. Right. But you can give it to yourself. It's probably better to give it to yourself. Don't You don't need any sort of external influence, certainly not from him. Right. You can give it to yourself by just saying he was not in, a right, in the right place. It's nothing you did. It's not like everything was great and then you did this one thing and that turned him around. No. No. Let us, imp- let us tell, say this again. When somebody is into you something innocuous that you think is huge or even if it is huge they're not going to go anywhere right so this is not about something you did this is about him being in a very bad place and just not being able to handle a relationship um but also, let's be fair, he knew all along he wasn't ready for a relationship. I don't I don't think Maybe. I don't buy for a second he didn't know that. I think he knew all along he wasn't. I think he was like he'd been alone, he was looking for some companionship, you know, looking for sex. So yeah, this in general, I don't think he was malicious about it. I think he there was probably some genuine affection there if he introduced you to his kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just not in the right place. This is not anything you did. And there's nothing you can say to change it. I mean, it sounds to me like he wanted something regular and monogamous, but casual. Yeah. God bless him. Bless his fucking heart. (laughs) Bless his little widower heart. Right. But that's obviously not what she wanted. Right. So that's, there's your problem. Right. So, uh, yeah, just, just please leave him alone. Just to be fair for, for both of you. Yeah. So that he can heal and so that you can heal. Yeah. All right. Do you want to read letter five? All right. Next. All right. Next. Uh, thank you. Next. I spent 2019. I don't know why I just said it like, like that. I spent 2019 dating. Decent but not great results. I spent 2020 isolated. Zero dates. Zero sex. But gaining a shitload of perspective and building a whole lot of confidence. I've come into 2021 actually convinced and okay that it's uh, and convinced and okay to be 100% single. I am 46 years old. Am I nuts because I'm done with searching for a mate? No, you're not. No. God bless you. <laughs> and seeing this too, this is something, this is going to be an upside of this pandemic yeah. for women because see, a pandemic has given them an excuse not to date, not to be in a relationship, to be single yeah. so they can function and navigate, not function, but they can navigate the world with a built-in excuse for why they're not in a relationship. And so they don't feel insecure about it. So they've had a year of this. It's okay to feel okay. It's okay to feel okay. (laughs) They've had a year of being on their own, being independent and 
you know, nobody asking them, hey, are you dating? Because of course, like no, no one's who's, you know, like when that's just not the conversations we're having. Right. And they're like, wait a minute, I can, I can do this. I can yeah. do this. I don't need somebody else. So, you know, for men who are like, dating so hard, this is one reason because the, what the pandemic is teaching, frankly, what the pandemic I think is teaching a lot of people is relationships, not all they're cracked up to be. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be in one if you don't. You don't want have to. to be in one if you don't want to. In yeah. fact, I, I, I recommend, like, and consider what I do for a living. I recommend saying, fuck that guy. I'm out. I am mm-hmm. more than happy doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I don't need it. I don't need right. it. I think it's great. I, I, I encourage it. No, you are not nuts. Um, no. Searching for a mate. It is. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. So no, mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. You don't have to do it. Nope. Nothing that says you have to. And that's, you know, I think a lot of women feel like society puts this pressure on women that you have to be in a relationship. Well, definitely. Right. And I really think that's what one of the biggest motivators for, for women to get into a relationship. Mm. It's like, well, society says I should be in one. If I'm not in one, there's something wrong with me. Mm, I think it's a combination of that and craving male acceptance. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But see, we're slowly getting getting through that. We are. We are. <laughs> there, was, man. Oh, man. There was a clip going around of Oprah interviewing Cher. Okay. Did you see that this week? Is this the mom? I am a rich man. No, that's that oh. was. Uh, I don't. Yeah, something. There was another interviewer. So Oprah says to Cher. Um, so some. She was asking about men, and she said, "So do you just like." do you not think men are important? And Cher responds and says, and and she's being very serious in this response. And she says, for like what? Yeah. (laughs) And the the camera shoots to the audience. And when I tell you every fucking man in that audience was (laughs) stone-faced. Because she was very serious. She didn't even blink an eye. Right. For what? Right. Like, well... I, I'm, and what's the, what's the answer? I'm curious. <laughs> what do you force her? What are they important for? <laughs> right. And this was Cher in the eighties, you know? So. Oh, that's great. Yeah. We're, oh, I love that for us. <laughs> yeah. So we're, I think we're just getting there. And I, I really do think that's very unsettling for men. Sorry. Yeah. What do you want us to say? <laughs> Boohoo. Um. Yeah. Pour us a, pour us a tall glass it. of white man <laughs> tears. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's there's more we could obviously get into about like men needing to be needed, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, who cares? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and there goes our male listenership (laughs) it's just something you're gonna have to get over man i mean you guys are just gonna have to deal with we're getting to a place where we just don't fucking care about you we just don't fucking care what you think i mean you're either gonna have to get over it or you're gonna have to like really oppress us so that we literally need you to survive yeah Mm -hmm. but uh i gotta tell you i would not recommend that (laughs) i would not recommend the latter yeah the latter 
So uh, letter writer, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be yeah. so much happier for it. And I think it's awesome that uh, that's where yeah. you are. And if you change your mind, that's great. And if you don't change your mind, that's great. You're great either way. Either way. That's, you th- can't go wrong. Right. If, if, if women can get to that place of whether or not this ever happens for me, I'm okay. That is the right. key to all of it. It is. It really is. <laughs> you know, when you and I, well, you and I were talking, oh, I'm not going to. All right. So how do You're I- not? Okay. No, I was, I'm thinking <laughs> how, like, how do I phrase this? We were talking about something and I said, um, something to do with my personal life. And I said, yeah, if it does, cool. If it doesn't, I'm totally fine. And it, <laughs> and, and I really think my attitude, having that attitude is why that thing is, is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Moving on to the next letter. Yes. How do you overcome past traumas from relationships with narcissists and sociopaths to not automatically suspect and assume that your new partner is the same? How do you change your thinking behavior to not suspect the worst automatically based on those past traumas? Okay. Good question. Good question. So the first bit of advice that I would give to this is do what you can to make sure your life, your identity does not revolve, revolve around your history of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, because you can, you can really make it all about that if you spend enough time on the internet. Yes, and I have seen people do it. I have too. And these people do not have relationships in their lives. They, you know, there's like, there's some interper- interpersonal issues. So hmm. work on not defining yourself by this trauma and realizing that it is something that happened to you it is an aspect of your identity but it's not your your not your total identity right so that's the first bit i would say the second thing i would say is please for the love of all that is holy avoid online forums that are overrun with people who see evil everywhere or who mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of there's those. a lot of that or you know anything that's said about a man oh well he's a narcissist oh he sounds like a narcissist it's like okay look narcissism right <sighs> look every man is not a narcissist like every not every asshole is a not narcissist every asshole either. is a narcissist yeah. This is this assholes. has become trendy. Right. It has become trendy to say you know what my automatic block is? There was one something going around to Twitter, uh, t- uh, TikTok. What is your automatic swipe? Mm. You know what my automatic swipe is when someone's narcissism? like oh, no, here's my story of let me tell you about my narcissistic husband. Let me tell you about my narcissistic ex-girlfriend. Any of mm-hmm. that. Not only do I swipe, I block. I don't want that shit in my feed. And it's just, you go to their page and it's just them talking about this experience. Yeah. Automatic block. Automatic. Because they have, they are now, they've defined themselves by it. Well, quite literally, yeah, on social media. But I do you think that they are, um, that the people behind these accounts, which are numerous, mm. <laughs> Do you think that they think they're doing a public service or do you think that they just um, don't want to go to therapy or, or can't go to therapy? 
I, I think they think they're doing a public service. Because I've definitely yeah. seen. I think they you, should go to therapy. They, well, if you can afford it, or yeah, and please look into right. group therapy because group therapy is more affordable. Um, but yeah. or go online, like that online therapy. I mean, it's people. It it. So you're talking about like um, uh, BetterHelp. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what's the other one? Um, what's the other one? I don't remember. I don't either. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I, it's, it, so, like you can't – people who get on – make create these accounts and, oh, I'm going to like – now I'm going to help you through trauma. It's like, but dude, you haven't even started working through your own yet. Talkspace is the other one. Talkspace. You know, you are still very, very, very immersed in your own trauma. And yeah, all you're doing is encouraging people to like – like constantly talking about – this and here's a sign of a narcissist and this and all it does. And when I I did a TikTok last week about green flags, Mm -hmm. like good signs, signs that someone isn't a narcissist. And I can't (laughs) tell you how many messages and comments I got saying, Oh my God, I've been dying to see something positive. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah, right. I think we all are. So avoid these forums where it's just people. It's just people obsessed with talking about their trauma. Right. Avoid them. Where what you can do, what I do recommend, follow credentialed professionals who Right. Not not Reddit not boards. Reddit boards. <laughs> credentialed professionals yeah. on TikTok, on Instagram, whatever it is. And right. and soak in, if you know, especially if you can't afford therapy, you know, a lot of these professionals, they're, tr- they're doing what they can to provide a service at no cost. It's not full-blown therapy, but they're doing what they can right. to record videos. and Yeah, and they have to compete against all these uh, lay people who just want to rehash their tr- right. own drama. Right. So <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely follow credential professionals. Uh, just avoid avoid the echo chambers. Avoid the – it's – the, just avoid anywhere you go where it's just they're narcissist, narcissist, narcissist. Where that that's the go to. Avoid that. Right. Um, try the online therapy. How do you change your thinking behavior to not suspect the worst automatically based on those past traumas? I really, honestly think this is just this just takes time. You know. Having experienced sexual abuse as a kid, I was terrified of men as a young kid. Mm -hmm. And if they looked at me, if they talked to me, if they touched me, I'll never forget my godfather Mm -hmm. bought me this gorgeous, gorgeous red dress for Christmas. It was like Mm -hmm. off the shoulder and it had this little rose on the shoulder. And I don't know why, but I was just paralyzed with fear that this man gave me this dress. Yeah. And it was such a beautiful dress and I never wore it. And it, it it just really took time of meeting people and and seeing that there are good people. That this was this was a a just a, an instance. This is the, this is not everybody. And so I really do think it comes with exposing yourself to good people. That's the other way. That's one way to change your thinking is you change, you change your change your environment 
change what you see, change what you interact with so that you can see good people. Because if you just sit in- That's tough though, because they don't all hang out together. You know? Right. But I mean- <laughs> There's not a society. Right. But this just goes back to, if you sit in forums where everyone's talking about narcissists, no, oh, they're a narcissist, that's a narcissist, that's a narcissist, you're going to think everybody's a fucking narcissist. You are. You're going to find them everywhere. You're going to find them everywhere. <laughs> and that's yeah. not the case. There are tons of great people, great men out there. Tons. Yeah, there are a lot of bad apples. It sucks. It's the reality. We're doing what we can to survive it. But <laughs> doing what we can, fingers crossed. Yeah. But you you have to be willing. That's really that's that's the key. You have to be willing to believe that there are good people out there, that there are good men out there. And until you're willing to believe that, you're going to you're going to struggle. So you have to want to believe mm-hmm. it. And maybe you're not there yet. Yeah. I think that takes time sure. too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's and there's no I mean, probably like grieving, that probably never mm-hmm. ends. Right? You you probably are gonna always have mm-hmm. to <laughs> remind yourself that there are mm-hmm. good people. Yeah. So to recap, avoid online forums. Yeah. Follow credentialed professionals and platforms that can uh, offer you advice and support and maybe even a forum or two, like a, a, a place to talk that's properly moderated and where you're, you're getting probably some free therapy they're, where they're trying to provide a service and help people in the, in these times where they, if they can't afford therapy, you know, Talkspace or better, what is it? Um, Talkspace or better Talkspace help. or better help. And I think, I'm sure there are even more Mm -hmm. now, but those are, those were like the first two, as far as I know. Try to expose yourself to people. Well, first, work on believing that there are good people. Yeah. You know. That just got easier. Why did that just get easier? Since January 20th, I feel like that just got a lot easier. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's no one pat... You know, how do you overcome past traumas? You just, it takes time, and it, but it takes a, a commitment to wanting to get over it and not wanting to be defined by it. And um, don't, try not to immerse yourself in it. You know, if it's just something, if you catch yourself talking about it constantly, you know, try to curb that because that's not helping you. It's keeping you stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, any final thoughts on that one? No, I think you got it. You nailed it. it. Okay. You get the next one. Okay. All right. So this is uh, letter seven, which is, again, just how we're identifying it. But if you you want to follow along, Kristen, Um, I was diagnosed with herpes about a year and a half ago and have struggled to find the confidence to open up to potential partners for fear of rejection. I've gone on dates with a few people since moving to New York City, but after a few dates, I start to pull away from them or friends on them because of my fear of disclosing. People I know who have it choose to not disclose to their partners beforehand, but I cannot and will not do that to another person. I know that it boils down to it being a numbers game and that the right person will not care, but I guess I'm intimidated by the already difficult New York dating scene. As for other aspects of my life, I have worked a ton on my mental and spiritual health. I'm independent. I have a good job. I feel attractive. And overall, I enjoy myself. And I am very aware of the fact that I am a catch with a little baggage. LOL. 
I guess my, my question is, what would you advise for someone like me? And have you ever had to address this with other clients? And how has this diagnosis impacting impacted others specifically in the dating scene in New York? Thank you so much. So I know that it feels like this is a huge deal, but I think, I don't think this is as much of a, um, as I don't think this is baggage at all. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't consider also remember this what we've been doing for the last year. We've all been, right. you know, there's been threat, threatened, a threat of exposure to a deadly virus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've kind of mm-hmm. had a year of like, what's the word I'm looking for? And normalizing, normalizing exposure, exposure to, viruses. to viruses. Thank you, Sarah. God, <laughs> thank you. So, you know, this is something that you take medication, you manage it. Okay. This is another one of those. It's kind of right. like when we were talking about mental illness last week. I, like, I don't want to diminish it of, because yeah. for you, I'm sure, for the letter writer, I'm sure this is really, the, the, you, this is really scary. And you're worried about revealing this and you're worried about the stigma. And I understand. And yes, there are going to be some people, some ignorant, uneducated people who think, oh, no, I don't want to deal with that. But right. luckily, in a city like New York City, you're surrounded by a lot of really intelligent people. You're surrounded by a lot of educated people. You're, we've come very, very far in, in terms of people understanding viruses and people understanding STDs. Right. And you know that thing that I have on my forehead, it's a wart. And warts come from HPV. So okay. I'm sitting here and I'm like, huh. I don't know where this came from. I mean, I'm I'm slowly burning it off, but that must mean something's in my system. Mm, Well, yeah. Don't most people? Yeah, most people do. That's the thing. And there's like two, at least two strains of it, and one is one manifests as herpes as we know it, and the other is genuine. Well, genuinely doesn't show up at all. Yeah, and also like there's oral genital herpes. Right. Like, what's the difference? Like, we've we've normalized cold sores, we've normalized that, right? And I th- and I think it's because it's around the mouth, but because this is around your, you know, a genital wart is on your genitals. For some reason, I don't know. Like, it's either way. You could catch it either way, and you're more likely to catch it by kissing right. somebody or just like touching your skin. Like, if they touch it and then they touch you and. You're more likely to get a to get one one strain of it than the other. Well, actually, we don't. Uh, this letter isn't clear which which one we're talking about. So I'm going to assume it's genital, just because most people don't. Give I a am shit too, about, just because of the mm, issue of the issue stigma. Of stigma. <laughs> um, which I mean, I feel like this has come up. Um, I don't know if this has ever come up on the pod before, but I remember. Um, a couple of years ago yeah. on the blog, this came up and someone brought up, it might've been me. I don't, <laughs> don't want to take, I don't want to take credit if it wasn't me, but I don't just, it just might've been me. Um, someone brought up that this isn't really a thing in other countries that is stigmatized. Mm. America is. Puritanical. Uh, 
well, sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and our our Madonna horror complex is alive and well, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's just not a thing in most of the world that people feel stigmatized for. Um, so I don't know, whatever for whatever that's worth. Maybe try dating non-Americans. <laughs> try dating immigrants. Uh, Another bonus of living in New York City. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, what else? Have you ever had to address this with other clients? For sure. I've definitely had, I've received many letters from people about this. And, I, and my advice just really hasn't changed. Understand how to explain it. That's the, that's the whole yeah. thing. That, like if you frame it as, so there's something I want to talk to you about. If yeah. you frame it as something have it under, yeah. sensitive. Have it under control. But... Yeah. And if, <laughs> if you approach this with shame, right. that's how they're going to receive it. So instead you say, okay, you know, listen, before we, you know, before I get physically intimate with somebody, I always make sure to, to just to, I always make sure to let them know I was diagnosed with herpes, da, 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 da. I'm on this. I haven't had an outbreak in two years. And I just want right. you to know, be matter of fact about it. Be confident about it. Sell it to them in a way that makes it very clear. This It is what it is. This is not a big deal. I've got this under control and you can trust me. Mm-hmm. But if you, bro- yeah. if you broach this with like, um, mm, uh, no, that's when they're going to naturally be apprehensive because you're apprehensive. So it, yeah, it really just doesn't have to be that big a deal. But I think um, not disclosing <laughs> at all until after you've had sex is the wrong move. Right. Yeah. I, I'm genuinely curious uh, if you would like to follow up. I'm genuinely curious how that works for other people you know who try that approach. Does that ever work out well? Uh, yeah, that let us know. Yeah, that that never works. You ha- you it's it's a, just a moral issue. You have to you have to disclose. You have to disclose. But if you understand this uh, and really understand, you know, the, when I found out about this with the wart, the more I was like starting to. I'm st- now I'm just starting to read more about it. The more you know and the more you understand it, the better you can explain it, and the more confident mm-hmm. you're going to sound when you explain it. And that's what it comes down to. Talk to that's this true. person. You be confident. Be matter of fact. Do not frame this as something that you're ashamed of. Because if you're ashamed of it, they're going to, by, associ- by association, feel discomfort. Yeah. And that's what you don't want. Um, also, are there, uh, is there, I mean, is there an app for this? <laughs> Meaning, like, oh, is app. there, yeah, is there a dating app for people I, who have her? I believe to meet so. Other people I believe so. I'm not saying you have to remain on that app exclusively, but I mean, it's a resource, right? It's definitely it's it's definitely a resource. It's an option, and just just one of many. But I don't think you really even like. I don't know. You can totally be on the mainstream dating apps and dating sites. Yes. I just, I, yeah. I, like I'm acting not so nonchalant about it because I really don't think of it as a big deal. I don't either. It, it's definitely something you should talk about. Yeah. But I mean, we should all be talking about this kind of stuff before we have sex anyway. I know that a lot of people don't, but 
Right. You're supposed to. But people at this <laughs> point, like, think about what people have been doing during dating for the last year. Yeah. You know. we're Well, we're asking each other a lot of questions. We're asking but. each other a lot of questions <laughs> now, you know, and we're taking a lot of risks. Dude, there's a fucking, like, there's a treatment for herpes. <laughs> right. You people hopping in bed with people who have, who may or may not have been exposed to COVID, but you're going to be, like, turned off by someone with herpes? What? Right. You know, so <laughs> in this last year, we've had this sort of reboot of how we approach these situations. So you might, you know, this might be the perfect time for you because now so many people are dealing with these conversations and dealing with these possibilities. Yeah. And plus, we, we don't know whether... Um people respond to this information well or not because by your account you pull away in friend zone right before they can yeah respond you've got nothing so. to be ashamed of nothing what is it like 80 no. percent of people it's a lot it's a lot yeah. <laughs> it's like 80%. i mean i was gonna bring that up too that like you know <laughs> people who think that they don't have it frequently do so yeah so it, it, it's just it's not i I don't think you have anything to worry about. Mm-mm. There are going to be a couple of people here and there, but they're uneducated and ignorant. Fuck them. Who, what, you don't want to date them anyway. They'll do yeah. you a favor. Okay. Final thoughts, Sarah. Uh, nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> not no, today. Not today. Nope. <laughs> Guys, please go to the website, datologycoach.com. Submit a question. Uh, when submitting a question, please try to be succinct. And try to really focus on the pertinent details. My brain tends to, I get, I get, uh, <laughs> my brain tends to shut down. It's that cognitive burden. My brain tends to shut down and uh, I can't process a lot. So please try to be succinct, keep the, per- uh, mention the pertinent details and give us like a, you know, sometimes like a, it can be a 24 to say 72 hour turnaround uh, for either it's a blog response or a TikTok response or a podcast. Yeah. And what else? Follow us, Datology Pod, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, although I get it again, like Instagram, who cares about Instagram at this point? <laughs> nah, I don't know. Yeah, the Kristen M. You can follow me on TikTok at Datology Coach. Anything else, Sarah? Reevaluate your dating profile to include height disclaimers and fish disclaimers. Yeah, please do. You're you're. It's hurting you, not helping you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to share everything out loud. <laughs> All right. Bye. Night.